0: Hello and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. Today we have Netflix' 107th film. It's the 2018 Italian drama On My Skin or Suola Mia Pelle. Um, it's directed by Alessio Cremonini and it stars Alessandra Borchi and Jasmine Trinker. I am Jesse and I have MJ with me. Hello.
1: How are you, mate? Good. How are you? Yes. Yes. Very well. Very well. Thank you. Um,
0: yes. Very. Uh, very good. We've got a, another international flavored film for our audience today, um, and uh, obviously again, watched it in subtitles with um, the original dub.
1: I'm hoping. I did, you know, That is that is correct. Was there an option to listen to it uh, English dubbed? I don't know. I just <laughs> just thought I'd take. <laughs>
0: Uh, good well um yeah we start our show with our fast flicks where we do our own little summary of the film so what what are you thinking um for this one mj
1: all righty on my skin is based on a true story which was apparently a massive story in italy um of a guy who's arrested for a petty crime beaten up unprovoked by the police and he spends the following days suffering in prison due to his injuries
0: Yes, Um, obviously, same based on a true story Uh, and I've just gone with it's a man who plays smart with the police when he's arrested and in turn, um, they deal out their own justice.
1: You don't want to go too deep into it in the fast flicks.
0: Yeah, it's a tricky one because this this might lead into our little discussion about what we've found out about the film, but uh, the tagline in a couple of markets was interesting where title on my skin but then a lot of um a lot of places had um you know as a the extra tagline the last seven days of stefano Cucci. so a bit of a spoiler alert (laughs) early on in the title (laughs) as well as um where we're going to go with this one i'd say
1: can i just say i when you pause the movie on netflix and you know how you pause it and then if you pause it for like 10 seconds or so eventually like the kind of like the logo of the screen of the film comes up and it kind of, I paused it. I don't know what I was doing. I came back and it said like on my skin, the last seven days of Stefano Cucci. And I reckon I was an hour in and I'm like, (laughs) ah, okay. I didn't realize it. This is, he's, he's going (laughs) to die. Oh, what about the opening scene? (laughs) Well, that was that was not nec- like that wasn't him being completely dead. That was like, okay, maybe they're going to have to um, revive him. And you, you're right. Like, I did get that, and I'll probably get that to when we start talking about the film. I did start to think like, ah, that opening scene was actually. But then when I read it, I was like, oh, that's a bit of a bummer. Like, <laughs> but we'll, I think we'll talk about it anyway about why and how it actually does work. Yeah, good. Alright,
0: well, uh, what else have you worked out about this one too?
1: Um. So it it premiered at at Venice Film Festival um, in the Horizons section in 2018. Um, So this was the opening film for the Horizons section uh, that was, so that was 29th of August in 2018. Netflix bought the international rights for that, um, which Netflix, as we've seen, they've done that quite a bit with, with, with festivals, but there was a little bit of a backlash in Italy specifically, obviously this being A, a big Italian story, B, an Italian film. Um, it was basically going to release day and date on Netflix as It was going to be in cinemas. So um, lucky red was the distribution company within Italy. They, I think they produced the film as well. They obviously Netflix bought the international rights. So there wasn't much they could do about it, but there was a lot of exhibitors who were pretty annoyed um, at this happening. So this is, you know, mid, mid to late 2018. Now we're kind of seeing this debate Oh, actually, it's probably a bad <laughs> bad thing to say right now because nothing's actually really getting released in cinemas. But, um, you know, th- this this conversation has really heated up in the past six to 12 months. And it's interesting how back in 2018, which isn't very long ago, this was hot, hot topic that you can't release a film that's available on streaming and we're trying to make money over it at the, the exhibitors. And it, this is probably one of the first times it happened. And... Um, and people were pretty irate about it. And that's the whole thing about behavior change that we're, that we're looking at. And we're going to see a lot more once uh, everything opens up again.
0: Yes. Yeah. Very nicely put. So, um, the, a couple of other things I I saw were about the production of the film, I guess, and the real life sister of, um, Stefano, um, you know, after seeing the movie, she spoke to the, the actor who played, um, her brother, um, Alessandro Borghi um and told him you know I don't know how you did it but you just like him and and he'd lost 18 kilos to play the role which is you know 39 mm. pounds for um people that need that conversion but um that's a lot of weight that he lost wow. for this role so um yeah a very interesting sort of um thing to obviously see you have you know living relatives that can actually see um their family members played on screen in in I guess what's um a little bit of a traumatic um, experience for for some of these people too um, it was nominated for quite a few awards. Uh, I didn't go through and list them all down because it had 14 wins plus another 13 nominations. So it had 27 um, nominations altogether. A mm-hmm. lot of them were for, for direct well, um, for the directing um, by Alessio Cremonini and also for that performance of um, Alessandro Borghi for, um, for playing the the character of Stefano. So um, yeah, quite not, nothing like, I think it was like the Italian golden globe awards and, and, things like that. Yeah. Totally European and, and it won awards at, um, the Venice film festival, like you mentioned as well. But, mm. um, yeah.
1: It would have been absolutely gut wrenching to watch as a family member or even anyone who knew him just reliving these moments. And it would have been, I thought it was gut wrenching to watch. So I imagine, imagine knowing this and that, especially knowing that he's not around anymore, that would be an absolute killer. And just in case we weren't clear, we are going to spoil this film even more than we may already have. Um, I suppose if you listen to this podcast you might be familiar with the with the subject anyway um but we're going to go through the film and spoil it if you do want to watch it and don't want the movie ruined um turn off now and come back later um but yeah this would have been bloody hard to watch for, for them yeah i think possibly after
0: its success like across um italy and and on netflix it did get a theatrical release um in the states in december 2018 as well just a small run um as well as playing at okay. the- Italian Film Festival in Portugal in April 2019. So um, obviously it, it had this build-up that, that people still wanted to see it, and people were were willing to play it at their festivals, which is um, a nice little thing, I guess, and, and probably leads into that's
1: really kind of interesting. Bit, yeah,
0: about the consensus of this one. What what did you see that the critics and the audiences thought of this?
1: Yeah, from what I can see, it was wildly popular. Um, it got a 7.3 out of 10 on IMDb or it's got a 7.3 out of 10 on IMDb just under 7,000 ratings. So not huge, but 7.3 out of 10, definitely one of the highest Netflix original films that we've done in some time. And it's a 3.8 out of five on Letterboxd, um, four and a half thousand ratings there, but very, very similar positive sentiment. I did have a bit of a flick through some of the reviews just to get a scan of what the consensus really was. And to be perfectly honest, most of them were written in Italian. So <laughs> um that's obviously where their, their their big hitting zone is with the Italian community who A, as I said, probably knew this story. And that's one thing I discovered is this was a this was a huge story at the time in Italy. Um we we obviously in in Australia didn't do did, did you know about it? I didn't know about it, Jesse. No, nah, no, nah, new story to me. No. So this was obviously a huge story, and can you imagine this massive story, you know, and and sort of 7 8 years later this this film comes out depicting what actually happened behind the scenes that you never would have seen i can imagine people flocking to see it so it makes a lot of sense
0: yeah the 94% of google users liked this one so again on that high side that you mentioned um rotten tomatoes only had six critics check it out um and was at 67% so um no consensus um but it's positive ish um, audience had it at 86%, but that's on a bit over a hundred. So a little bit, um, a bit higher from the audience too, than the critics.
1: So Only six one. critics when it did, as you said, a couple of film festivals. That That's so surprising.
0: Especially Venice. You think, yeah, that would have, that probably would have been a, a pack cinema. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. no one, no one wants to put their reviews on Rotten Tomatoes and I don't blame them. <laughs> Good. All right. Well, um, I think that leads us into our early thoughts for this one. What do you, where are you going to go with this? Like I've I've kind of labored the point already, but I've I've probably got two main points to take out of this. And one, I I, I didn't know this story. Um, As I said, I didn't even realize that this was the story about how he died until probably only had 25 minutes left in the film. So it was trending, it was trending badly for him, but you know, I I wasn't sure that he wasn't going to get out of it somehow. So I didn't know that part of it. And the second point is I I can really appreciate the things that this movie did well. I, I, I think it, did a great job of shining light on, on some wrongdoing. It was a nice advocate for human civil rights. It exposed these atrocities that occurred. It was generally really tidy direction, um, considering the subject matter that I had to work with. I thought the performances were great from Alessandro Borghi, and I thought, uh, Jasmine Trinker was also great. And it definitely stayed with me after watching, but this movie was the closest thing to a kick in the guts that I've experienced in a very, very long time. And, and honestly, I think it was, I think it was a chore to watch. Okay, good. Yeah. Um,
0: I, yeah, I think that I'll start. It, it's heavy. Like this is, this is not, mm. um, there, there's not a lot of hope in this film. Um, it's,
1: <laughs> no, there's it's not, pain,
0: it, it's painful. Um, but, it was compelling for me. I, I thought, you know, like you mentioned, it's beautifully shot. The performances were good narrative wise, like the, you know, it, it made sense. It did, wasn't, there was no confusion mm-hmm. for me. Sometimes I get from, um, translations and films in, in other languages. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, yeah, I, I enjoyed it, but it was so heavy. This is like, you know, you, you don't finish watching this feeling good about anything. It's like, I finished it. <sighs> I was like, okay, what, what can I sort of do now to, to pick myself up a bit? Because it's, um, yeah, it's, it wasn't a struggle, but it was, um yeah, phew, hard,
1: <laughs> really hard. I think the question is, like, how, how can you watch a man deteriorate until he has nothing left? And I know that, that sick feeling in your gut that you basically have throughout the whole film. I, I know that's what you're supposed to feel. Um, for me, without the prior knowledge of knowing this story and situation... I just found that side of it was far too consuming for me. And, and I completely understand that if you knew the story, if you knew the victim, not personally, but you knew of the victim, you wanted to get an insight of what happened that would have a lot of appeal. And, and I, I believe that's where a lot of the positive sentiment comes from, because it makes you feel how bad what happened was. And, and you get to see that and, and someone's brave enough to tell that story. <laughs> but watching it was just rough. <laughs>
0: I agree. Well, let's, let's talk about the characters. So I think starting us off MJ with, um, Stefano.
1: Yeah. Um, look, like, as I mentioned, I thought the performance was excellent. And again, no prior knowledge to what, um, Stefano Gucci was like, but I thought, I thought it was really powerful cause that's a bloody tough role to play. Um, really difficult to try and showcase a character when you just got to keep making yourself go down, 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 down in health. Um, He was a likable character and it's weird to talk about a real person as a character, but we sort of have to, don't we? Like, I just want to preface that as well. Um, He was a likable character, but he was a frustrating one as well. Um, They set him up to be a a pretty decent guy, albeit with a checkered past and showing that he's capable of some pretty wrongdoings, but they show him going to church. They show him having that dinner with his parents, holding down a job, has a kind of a fun relationship with his sister and his brother-in-law. He's got a normal relationship with his mate in the car. Well, what bothers me is, is his decision making, um, you know, his, his even he kind of tempted the cops a little bit at the start, not in a bad way, but you know, he could have handled himself a little bit better there. His refusal to accept medical treatment, you know, his decision to tell people what happened at weird times. I never quite understood why he was telling someone, but then why he wasn't telling somebody else, you know, his attention to detail with his, with his lawyer and the family lawyer and, None of these happenings actually changed how I felt about Stefano because I'd already banked up so much sympathy for him, um, but it just caused a bit of frustration to me with the film and the plot that all this stuff was happening that seemed really avoidable. It didn't change the way that he was treated because it was still completely unacceptable, but you know, it, just, it just bothered me a little bit
0: yeah i think you've pretty much touched on all my questions i had for the end for you because it's the same sort of situation <laughs> i might even might have do now just because we're talking about him and I th- it's probably oh, yeah. him nicely but um you know like you mentioned at the start he you know he sort of gave the cops a reason to sort of come after him straight away and um you know they ask him for his papers you know hand over anything you've got he lies to him they find drugs on him he's a bit of a smart ass like why didn't he just follow like he could have just followed the instructions If if so i was a little bit yeah yeah, i didn't that
1: that sort of um, and it wasn't terrible he was just a little bit of a smart ass and and you know what when you've got these egocentric power hungry people in in roles of power then just don't don't give them an inch because they'll take a mile and that's exactly what happened and it's not to say that oh well he got what he deserved because he absolutely didn't but Mm. you know it it still felt like when he when he was doing it because they build the tension so nicely and when it's happening you're like oh just just don't just don't and that's 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 good filmmaking but it still bothered me yeah
0: i feel like he had a couple of really good opportunities that he could have got help to and i, I get that he was concerned about ramifications i guess but the, the the paramedic scene in particular like he gets the the paramedics in his cell and he's like we can chat privately you know we'll, i'll take you somewhere else and you can talk to me sort of thing um and you mm. know even there's a there's a cop that you thought was okay and he's like you know oh, just take me to court don't take me to the hospital like they i guess they wanted to show you that um he was that adamant or concerned but at the same time it was like he did have a lot of opportunities that 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 sort of frustrated me at times too like he could have just jumped onto one of them at one Mm. stage and they could have termed it dramatically a little bit to to you know have a a misleading of something rather than him just being rejecting it straight away because you know he's literally on his deathbed and like what more Mm. did he have to lose by telling people what the cops had done rather than just randomly selecting people to tell um i know I, i
1: agree with that because i think um I think I think one thing about the paramedic scene and that really nice cop they had at that that second police station, I think that was an example I, I think I'm guessing that's exactly how it was in real life. And I'm I think they wanted to be like, look, not everyone was bad. In fact, mm-hmm. these people in particular were were excellent. They did everything they could. And my, my second line of thinking there was um if I was him, you know, he made the story about him falling down the stairs. Why don't you just say I got beaten up? I got beaten to a pulp. You don't have to say that the cops beat you up, mm. but at least they'll understand why why you got those injuries. It's like, oh, what's wrong with you? Ah, oh, like an hour before the cops got me, I got absolutely destroyed by someone. Like, mm. that's that's all you got to do, and then everyone knows. Okay, we're treating him for this. Yep. Yeah. Um. I feel like that, the the emphasis
0: through his character on these the the things that he did want were was his lawyer and his epilepsy um medications and i felt like they were very repetitive in, in trying to show that those were two things that he was prevented from so maybe trying to take a little bit of the onus off um the decision making and and his um you know not wanting to change his clothes or not wanting medical assistance mm. he, he was trying to make a stand and say hey i actually need these things first before i can consider doing that and obviously he didn't know that he didn't have enough time to to actually you know mm. to do that so that was a little bit um Bit sad and i also like the the sort of connection through his family i guess where um it, it was just sort of you could see even though we didn't get to see his family a lot um you know that you could tell the how done with him they were um but even though they were done with him and he doesn't get to experience that they're they're trying to you know visit him and, and check in on mm-hmm. him and yeah um, I did like that we still, he still had this family that still cared for him, even though he honestly lied to them a lot. And, um, you know, it, you see that final scene there at the end where, you know, he's has this reflection that he's like, you know, they don't deserve a son like, like me. And he's obviously feeling let down mm. because I didn't see him, but he has no idea. And it just sort of made me feel more for him as a character, I guess. Um, and, um, yeah, there was a little bit too about the, this religious side of things because in the opening, set, one of the opening scenes, we see him praying, um, having a religious mm. thing that There's it. There's... Um, you know at the end he asked for this bible and i thought it was like a, a little bit of a an opening and an ending where maybe if he i'm not saying that this is you know obviously this is a um a, a film that's based on a life but maybe they're saying you know a bit more bit more faith um throughout would have helped him a little bit more i don't know i just i was just i thought i don't know because he he says i'm not was well, it almost like, an exception
1: <clears throat> well that was almost like an exception at the end that you know what i i could be in a bit of trouble here and he's like well this is my this is where i turn when i'm in trouble yeah all
0: right um, any other of the others characters that you wanted to talk about
1: i did want to talk about um his sister uh, her name was Ilaria, i believe um <laughs> She's clearly, and you find this out a little bit afterwards, even in that final scene where they show her, who's she's kind of running the campaign um, for for the justice of what happened to him. But she, she's definitely that glue that holds this family together um, before the event and obviously after he's passed away as well. Um, she has this great ability to be firm, but she's absolutely humanised by her understanding of people's emotions in, in basically all situations. And I think I just responded really well to her because she reacted in ways that I think I would in those situations. Like I like the fact that she didn't really take shit from anyone, but she was also really aware of how people would feel and, and put yourself in, in their shoes where possible. And she sort of showed that in that scene with her husband. She's been such a hard ass to, to Steph the whole time being like, well, when he gets out, when he gets out and he's like, don't be a dick to her. And she's like, you know what? I absolutely wouldn't be. I'm, I'm feeling terrible for him that he thinks that no one's seeing him. So I, I just liked this well-roundedness to her character.
0: Yeah, I reckon we could have had more of her almost um, just to, mm. uh, to balance it out a little bit. Um, and with, um, I think the mum was called Rita and the dad was Giovanni. Mm. Um, Giovanni. I, yeah, I, f- I feel like that a lot of the scenes with them, they could have included her more because obviously we got that impression that the mum had bought in the house. So she's sort of like the, not necessarily the soft one and, and dad's the firm one, I guess, like good cop, got bad cop sort of parenting. Um, but at the same time, the dad was a bit gullible and I did like that, you know, his first impression is that, someone or inmates had beaten him up and just this um naivety i guess that we trust the police the police are a trusted presence um and yeah i i've I, I respected the father in that role because you know he, he did want to say hey i'm no longer this person that gets up at 3 a.m the, in the morning to try and find my my son um and you've got the mm-hmm. sister like you mentioned in that in that same sort of role she's you know she's sick of being made look to look like a fool by her brother but we know that they all care about him still. Um, I, yeah, I, that family, the family dynamic was was nice.
1: Yeah, I, I actually, I think I misjudged the dad a little bit because his, his uselessness to me at the trial, um, he, he, he appeared initially, like, as you said, the good cop, bad cop. He, he seemed like this hard guy who was kind of all over it, going to sort things out when I have to, but you know, despite the fact that he was obviously sick and tired of, you know, as you said, doing all this stuff for his son, I was kind of blown away that he never mentioned something at that trial about the family lawyer or the fact that he was clearly beaten to a pulp. He was just a lot more of a doormat than I thought he was initially set up to be. And, and to be honest, they were true to that until the end afterwards, maybe I just misinterpreted him from the start. Um, Mm. and the mum was not dissimilar to be honest. Um, and don't get me wrong. My heart broke for these parents. Um, but that was so ill-equipped to deal with any of this. Um, and they're probably the biggest victims in the story, apart from the obviousness of yeah. Stefano. Yeah. Uh, I think
0: that's probably it for characters. The yeah, director, no, um, Alessio Cremonini, not much to go on. Second feature, I think, done a bit of TV work, a bit of writing. That was about all I could find
1: would have been a big, big project for him, there.
0: Yeah, definitely a lot of pressure probably to make sure it was, you know, done to a a Mm. way that um, was respecting to the the family as well. Um, All right, well, let's talk Mm. about some scenes. What what are some ones that stood out for you?
1: Yeah, you alluded to this before when you were talking about the um, constant mentions of the lawyer and his, his epileptic medication. The first scene that I actually liked was when that doctor gave him his epileptic medication. Like, I think it was the first time I breathed in the entire film. <laughs> like, and that was probably like 30 or 40 minutes in. And he's like, because I was like, this epileptic medication's going, something's going to happen. And he's like, oh, here's your medication. I was like, oh, thank God. Like, It was <laughs> such a nice moment of, of a movie that had very little light. Like, Something that was going nice right moment. for him for a change. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I mentioned this scene before. Probably my favourite scene of the film was the sympathy that he got from his sister um, about how he must feel that no one is coming to visit um, because they, they do paint her as a bit of a hard ass, but I like seeing this side of her character and that really opened her up and it allowed her to play the role she played for the rest of the film too. So probably my favorite scene of the film with her and her and her husband talking about it. And, and to be honest, like I, I got emotional seeing, seeing the family after they, after they found out what had happened to him. Um, Obviously, the first scene with the mum, they kind of drag that out a little bit just so you can really feel it. And then, consequently, you see the sister walking down the street in tears, and then you see the dad, you know, from the angle of being inside the car. Like that was that was really emotional and really well done. Um, despite the fact that I was probably bloody on my knees by this point watching the film, I had nothing left.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. I had the that scene in the car, like with the camera just staying in there and the cut of the sound. I thought that was yeah pretty um pretty impactful and the same that follow-on was- where they're in the morgue and the sister sits there and you can hear the parents in the other room and then you slowly see her go in and join mm. them as well that was just that was wow. yeah heartbreaking yep. wasn't it um yeah um go th- i'll go through some more yeah please do yeah um i i didn't like at the start when he gets taken i think it was like two fifteen. one of those times that he goes to one of those stations and you know it feels like he walked through hundreds of corridors um to get thrown into that room and then just that cut and then the next the you know the next scene is literally him sitting in the back seat of the car with that purple face i just thought it was really impactful the way it was done that you know they didn't need to mm-hmm. show the, the complete and absolute beating of him um and a lot of the camera work throughout and and feeling the the pain that he was feeling was really well done like the 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 scene where he gets the catheter put in like that, mm. like that oh my god i was like literally in pain i was feeling that pain it was just so well done that just mm. was horrible and and the same with like the x-ray scene just being transported on the stretcher and it just you just you just felt like the pain that he was feeling and i obviously not saying that it, you know i can feel that pain but it, like as an member, <laughs> geez i'll tell you what um horrible um yeah every the, time he had to move like it was yeah. excruciating yeah um the last thing i i did I did enjoy at the end the the statistics and the information they give you on the end about the actual real life story just about you know he was the 148th person to die in prison in that year and you know there was 172 altogether so and i think it's sort of considering how down and out this film was it was nice to hear that those cops got done for what they what they'd done mm. um, i think that sort of gave me a tiny little bit of redemption um you know redemption at the end compared yeah. to you know, the, the pain from the rest of the film. So that was a, a good little touch at the end.
1: I think it took like 10 years for them to actually be prosecuted. I think they initially, there was an initial hearing, they got off and then yeah. it got reopened and three of them got done for manslaughter true. or two, two or three of them got done for manslaughter. Yep, yeah, very true. Um, all right, are there any things that you didn't like in this one? There are. Um, yeah, so this is a lot of this has to do with how I felt throughout the film. But by the time that they left his parents' house uh, after he obviously had been arrested, went to his parents' house, they did the search there. I started to get this really uncomfortable feeling that it wasn't going to let up. (laughs) I think it was when they sort of said, Oh yeah, we'll, we'll organize lawyer. I was like, Oh, Oh, that's a red flag. Like I don't know when this film's actually going to show me any sort of Positivity and I was right, but that was a scene that I'm like, I don't know if I can keep doing this. And that was pretty early on. So mm. I actually also didn't really like the whole lawyer thing. I thought it was overdone a little bit cause it, w- it was frustrating. Like they, they really focused on hinting or well, not even hinting really that the lawyer hadn't been contacted because they're obviously foreboding that more bad stuff is coming. But okay, yeah you know, the recurring mentions of the epilepsy tablet, um, him refusing to talk about getting beaten up and the lawyer, it was just a bit exhausting for me. It it was overdone. And it made me think that the director thought I was an idiot. Either that, I I guess the idea of that repetition makes stronger and stronger for him to be like, no, no, um, this is, this is why I want you to feel it's uncomfortable. But for me, it was like, I get it, mate. Don't have to keep telling me this is an issue. I get it. It was just a bit overdone. Um, I just, one thing that I just didn't like with this film. And again, you just, you probably can't do it with this film. So it's not so much the film's fault as much as it's my fault, but they just, there's not one glimmer of hope. Like they, they just the fact that they open the scene with what they did and then they go back seven days later, seven days earlier, you kind of know that you're going to be dealing with this shit for seven days. Like, you know, that at the end he's flatlining on the bed. So from now until then, he's going to flatline and you just, they, they take away any glimmer of hope, which I found really difficult. And I think they make this film for people who know the story. So that opening scene works. If you don't know that, if you don't know the story, I don't think the opening scene does work because it takes everything away from you and, and you, but you're watching the movie very differently. So, and looking at the numbers of people that have seen the film, obviously people that knew the story were the ones that have watched it. So it, it works out there, but personally that, that didn't work for me either. Um, and then, and then finally carry, carrying on with this, this kind of vibe that I'm giving off when the parents were trying to see him and, and they obviously couldn't, again, it was just more stuff to feel down about. Like they, they just don't throw you any bone. And I was like, come on, like cut. I was sort of thinking cut him, cut him some slack, but I was always like, cut me some slack. I can't, I can't keep doing this. You're killing me here. Um, so as, as a viewing experience, I, I, I did find this, this really difficult. Uh, and that was, that was sort of the, some of the main reasons why
0: I think that yeah I agree with everything you've said and realistically the only thing that I had down that really annoyed me was at, you've put it so much better than i would have put it anyway was that opening scene that yeah like you you see him down and out so early like right at the start so you know exactly what you're gonna have to put up with for the next hour and a half so um, yeah 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 I just um I think if you, you cut that, And then like you mentioned if you don't know the story as an audience member you're probably going to be a lot more engaged and a lot more shocked at the end if you if you don't know um what's going to happen at the start so i agree with that i agree with that yeah all right what what are some um themes and some ideas that this one's talking about
1: i mean there's a lot this is obviously when you're talking about a true story you're trying to do it justice there but i mean why do you make this movie in the first place right like it's not Mm -hmm obviously it's not to really entertain audiences or to for them to sit back and enjoy You you are literally trying to shine a light on, on this police brutality, which is terribly relevant right now. Obviously in 2020, some of the stuff that's been happening in America specifically um, this is exactly what we're talking about here. So it, it highlights it and it pulls absolutely no punches. Um, and, it, and it connects this torturous tragedy with it. So for nothing else, this movie is, is doing a huge job in, in that education piece and and calling it out. So that, that combined with like the basic human rights and then how that can feel when it's taken away from you, everything that I just described about how I felt watching this film is just a tiny flicker of what it would feel like to have all this happen to you and, and losing those basic human rights. And th- there's barely a moment when Stefano is not systematically conspired against from from the moments the cop questioned him uh, and that feeling is so uncomfortable for an audience member which is i'm sure exactly what they were trying to make in the movie and what exactly they were trying to make people feel and think so they, they've succeeded with that for sure yeah 100 percent. just this this whole idea of
0: policing like you mentioned and and a little bit through that policing i guess is looking at you know justice that you know how do how do we actually see um people with drugs, like as criminals, like how do we treat them as drug users? Like, is this the way that we should be treating drug problems? Like as crimes like this, um, you know, and how much power do these police have over over people um, that haven't even been convicted of a crime yet? You know, it's just, it's all allegations so far. And, you know, do that do prisoners get enough medical treatment like is there an issue mm, that prisoners that's the other that one. don't get enough medical treatment and you know how had like you mentioned this before that it frustrated you have how, how do you know family members get treated by the system too like are they you know is this is something that happens quite a lot and um the the, the main thing i just finish on is like this idea of responsibility too there there's no one here that wants to take responsibility um for what mm. happened and you see that from you know when the cops dish them off to different stations and say I never arrested him, whatever happens it wasn't my fault, blah blah blah. Yeah. Um, right through there, there's just this lack of yeah, and even right through the, the the guy at the morgue at the end, he's like oh you know you, you can't see him. Yeah, like, right. Just just make that call. Just make you know someone needs to step yeah. up and do something right for a change. Um, so thank goodness that, that um they actually were able to see him at the end.
1: Yeah, it look, I like the last two points you make around responsibility and um medical treatment within the prison system because I think it's so easy to get overdrawn in the idea of this police brutality that you forget that those are actually two separate issues. Uh, The 172 people who died in prison in Italy that year, I'm sure a majority of them weren't beaten up by policemen. I'm sure they had pre-existing medical conditions that weren't treated properly and were probably incredibly preventable. And that's just a completely, completely new side of the story that it highlights, but I suppose it just becomes in the background a little bit because it, it, it becomes a bit smaller issue because of the bigger issue. But again, very important point. Mm, good. All right, well, what did you take away from this one? All right, like apart from all those education things we just spoke about, because I think that there is a level of education uh, to this story that is universal and a nice message to take, to take out of it. I think the movie, is basically for people who were engrossed by the historical event that it covers. Um, I, I couldn't recommend this to anyone who isn't across that uh, I, I can't shake that feeling of sinking deeper down into a pit of despair whilst watching it because that was, that was the experience that I had. And if someone doesn't know anything about this, I'm not going to say, Hey, go check this on. You'll learn a lot because it was just too much for me. Um, so, but I think there's a lot, there's a lot of good there. I just don't know, <laughs> I don't know who to tell to watch it. You know, like it's, it's a hard one. If someone's like, "Hey, I heard this story about Stefano Cucci back in 2009, whatever," it's like, oh, well, watch this movie, you'll love it." Movie that's, here. that's, yeah. that's where it is. Yeah, I've, I,
0: I tried to, because like we've both mentioned, like this was such a hard watch, and it's, you know, you mm-hmm. can't really recommend it to anyone. But just the observation, I guess, was that the international films that we've been watching at the moment. Um, getting a pretty good name for themselves compared to some of the English ones that we've been watching. I, I've thoroughly enjoyed a lot more that's of the, yeah, the, the international films that we've seen on Netflix. So um, yeah, sort of open, you know, um, if I do see a, an international film that pops up, then, you know, might give it a crack um, rather than giving it a miss because it's a really yeah, these, are, these have been pretty well made compared to some of the, the, um, the American ones that we've been watching recently.
1: Yeah, it's right. interesting whether Netflix is just kind <laughs> of, uh, half-assing the the American stuff that they're making going, oh, yeah, I know that actor. Let's just make this film versus, okay, what are the best international films that we can get on this? And, you know, if, if you're an international filmmaker, then the appeal of being on a global uh, platform like Netflix is, it would be as high as you could get. As but the fact you lose, you lose a lot out of theatrical release, but it would be great to have your movie seen by the whole world.
0: And we'll get to Roma eventually and that you know, maybe that's in a con you know, it's that build up of what we're seeing at this stage in the 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 catalogue almost. No, Alright. Did point. you um jump on IMDb to check anyone out?
1: Not for this one, no. No
0: nah, so question time. I've I asked a few of mine already. So what is what are some ones that you've got for us?
1: Yeah uh, we kinda danced around this one without actually answering it, but why why did Stefano eventually tell that guy that the cops beat him up and and how does he choose who he tells? Because I feel like they kept flip flopping on it, and I just I wasn't too sure about what that sister. Because I get the idea of I don't want to make myself um, an enemy of the police, but sometimes he told people some, and then after he told someone, like oh, he's going to tell everyone now. But then he still chose not. to. I didn't quite understand. Me. yeah, there was
0: one nurse or doctor that he told, and then yeah, I, I couldn't work it out either. That was maybe it was to do with his state of mind. I know there was like one little shortcut where it seemed like it was a few days, but that passed, but obviously it wasn't, but maybe for him, it felt like it was multiple days based on his um, maybe hallucinations or, or physical mm. health. And he just didn't know what was happening. I don't know. I really don't know.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I got another one. Good. Um, do you think there was actually another guy that he spoke to at nighttime in his last couple of days mm. uh, I think for me, the idea of him being like, you know, when the guy said you were getting the x-rays when I arrived was the sticking point for me to assume that this guy was all in his head. And that was Stefano's justification for how, how that guy got there without him knowing. Um, but do you think there was anyone there?
0: Hi, that's a really good point. I hadn't considered it, but now that you say it, yeah, more than likely probably would make sense um, based on that. Yeah. Point. Well, they, should they like show the him.
1: Question, yeah if they show him hallucinating or making up people in that earlier jail cell that weren't actually there and then obviously he sort of has his conversation but then the guy's gone that last night and maybe there's this lucidity to him being close to death that he's not hallucinating so i just kind of assume that he created that guy i like that that's good which is sad um like the australian
0: justice system do you reckon there's things like this that happen
1: I, I, I'll be honest. I am, I'm way too ignorant on, on this yeah. kind of stuff to, to, to know, like I, if it happens then I don't know about it, if it doesn't happen, then I, then I'm happy, but I, I, I couldn't comment on it.
0: Yeah. Maybe that's, yeah, I just, I just think it's something to, to ponder and be like, you know, if we, we see this happening across America at the, the moment, we know it happens in Italy and mm. like, I'm sure it happens, you know, it happened, probably happens in our, you know, in our state that we, and we don't even know about it just a scary thought yeah it's
1: true it Um, is you're right actually yeah the
0: uh, last one i've got is um, and i'm not saying in any way that i think that he like stefano deserved to die or anything like that but as a as a person do you think he was a bad person
1: um no i don't i really don't I, i i do think that he was turning things around a little bit i know i just look at that conversation that he had with his mate in his car right and that's that's the real him and he was talking about like trying to you know court this girl or something like that like it was just a very normal conversation that a young guy would have with his mate that was not a bad conversation it wasn't talking about what the next bad thing we're going to do is like he was just a normal guy and I mean he's he's made a mistake he made a mistake here made a couple made a lot of mistakes here um got arrested because he deserved to get arrested like that's that's all fine but I just don't don't think he was a exclusively about bad
0: person by means no i think yeah I th- like they mentioned you know he'd been to rehab he it's I've spoken to his dad and said look i'm sick of being in your shadow so it was like he was trying to you know trying to hmm. forge his own sort of pathway um i just th- yeah I, I just pondered that because i was like oh, i need probably needed based on his end i needed some sort of positivity about him like some more you know um Memories of, of him as a, I don't know, some flashbacks of him as a kid, or just something showing that he had some sort of um, redeeming qualities in him. Um, it was, just, I think, it was mm. just, a, just that this was such a heavy down movie. It's <laughs> a good point, but would that have made it harder? <laughs> yeah, probably. It would have made it more emotional. It would have. been <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. oh
0: God. All right. Well, um, let's. I think we're ready to sort of tie this one up, and at the end, we give our mm. film a rating out of five to give it a Flicks from average. So, what are you you're
1: saying for this one, MJ? Like, this was a really, really tough watch. Um, I mean, for me, without without the prior knowledge of the events, I can't really imagine something... Well, I can't imagine someone sitting through it and having a positive experience. And that's not me saying, I need a story to be uplifting for me to enjoy it. Not at all. I, I think a grim, depressing movie can still contain so much absolute human truths that mean something to me, that resonate with me. And this didn't have that um nor did it have that conventional storytelling traits to give the viewer hope or excitement or build any sort of mystery i think either or one of those things is a fundamental it's a fundamental convention in some capacity and not having that historical context to aid me i was just completely left out on sea with this one so it's two stars True. no worries all right well um yeah
0: I'm, like like i mentioned this one was really hard to watch um it was slow but it didn't really it didn't really drag for me i just couldn't believe that i was sitting there watching him go through all this knowing that he was i was going to see him at the end on that table at the end you know seven days later knowing that i was gonna have to watch this and, and knowing where he was gonna end up um and i didn't get that chance to see him redeem himself so that that sort of frustrated me a bit and it was it was heartbreaking but I think even like just right at this current stage, I think it's a really important thing to, to see and for people to watch. Um, I'm giving it a three and a half. So, a mm. um, bit of a, bit of a, um, but I completely see where, um, where you're coming from. Cause I feel exactly the same things that you mentioned, but I, I still did enjoy this. So mm. that would give us a, I can't even work out maths properly. <laughs> that's about 2.75. Um,
1: as a fixed form average. Yeah, it's quite a difference actually. (laughs) Um, I I completely see where you're coming from as well though. That's the thing, I I, I get that too. Yeah, good. All right, well, um, we're on social
0: media. We've got Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I didn't, don't put a question out this week. I just, um, I'm gonna put a website in the show notes. Um, It's called Mapping um, Police Violence. It's a website, you can click on it and you can check out all around where um, evidence of police violence has occurred and, and sort of some statistics and evidence to sort of check out and just see um, some situations to inform yourself a bit about, I guess this topic we've looked at.
1: Wonderful. I like that.
0: Good. All right. So um, we're back in next week. Hopefully it's a bit more of an upbeat show next week. Yeah, uh, It's <laughs> the, it's from 2018. It's an Israeli American spy thriller. It's called the angel. Um, it's directed by Ariel Roman and it stars Marwan Kanzari and Toby Kebbell. So that's what we've got next week. Okay. Israeli American spy thriller of course (laughs) i wonder wonder if it's in english (laughs) yeah i was gonna ask you that so you don't know (laughs) no i don't know don't know so uh, we'll find out i'm sure in in the coming days we'll find out (laughs) as always uh been a pleasure so thank you for taking the time and um yeah this one was a little bit of a downer one but i think um yeah it's, it's it was worth chatting about
1: Absolutely. I think that's one of the benefits is that we do get to chat through it. I think I would have felt morbid if I didn't get to talk about this with someone. So that worked out well.
0: Yeah. Cause I don't, I don't think I know anyone that's watched it. So, um, yeah, glad we <laughs> glad we'd give it a crack. Absolutely. All right. I will see you next week.
1: See you then.